Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. I am going to be reading from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Uh, before I read that scripture, I do have something very uh, spiritual Uh, Very important as a pastor, spiritual insight into something that we need helpers to clear the brush out of this garage stockade over here. I know it's very spiritual, but it is spiritual because it's God's house. Um, We do need to move that back. And also, I know we had scheduled that before, but we had some issues with the dumpster that we couldn't do that. But we do need to move that out. So if you could get with Brother Raymond and uh, if you could help out there in any way, uh, we do want to get that taken care of, and we appreciate your help. Also, now this is more spiritual. Um, uh, we, me and my wife are going to a conference in Alaska with uh, Brother and Sister uh, Chavis, and uh, it is the first uh, Native American uh, conference in Alaska. So I'm asking if you would pray for that conference this next week and uh, pray that God would move in that in a powerful way. Uh, We want God to uh, pour out some powerful experiences there for the people of that state. That is part of America. So also pray for us that that Russia doesn't invade Alaska while we're there. Um, We appreciate that also. Um, but God is, I know God is going to move in a great way. And we do ask, we will be praying for Landmark while we're gone because we, this is where our heart is. And uh, we love Landmark and the Landmark family. And uh, continue to pray for those that are traveling today. I, I look over the congregation, I think our boat's going to capsize this way. We're missing some on that side. But please pray, pray for those and protection for those that are traveling. And uh, we love you all. And uh, uh, thank you for the honor to be able to pastor great people. And as I've said before, I feel sorry for other pastors that don't get to pastor landmark. And uh, we have wonderful people here. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your help. And thank you for loving the kingdom of God. Amen. The book of Hebrews, if we would stand in honor of the word of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Some of you could probably quote this scripture. Uh, It's a very powerful scripture. And of course, Hebrews is is the chapter of faith, the hall of fame of faith. And I believe that we have people that could be in that hall of fame of faith here in this house. We are people of faith. And it reads in Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith it is impossible, impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder 
of them that diligently seek him. I want to preach on this subject, grow your faith, grow your faith. God bless you. you turn, a hand, turn around and shake hands with somebody near you, and then you may be seated. Amen. Thank you, praise team, for leading us in worship today. We're rejoicing in, with a voice of triumph today. Amen? Amen. Grow your faith. Now, I know that, that faith is such an important thing. You cannot please God without faith. So we want to, we want to please God. Uh, we want to be pleasing to Him. But this says, but without faith, it is impossible to please. Impossible. That's a very strong word there. It's impossible to please him without faith. He, he simply just wants us to have faith and trust in him. But, but there is a difference between faith and trust. We can have faith that God can do anything, but we need to have trust that he will do it for us. Uh, and then he'll do it for those we pray for and do it for our church and do it for our family. And we, we have faith in the Lord, but we need to trust him also. But it's impossible to please him uh, without faith. And then it goes on and says, For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, I like the rewards, don't you? I like the rewards that God gives. I enjoy the rewards. I remember witnessing, and I've mentioned this before, but I remember witnessing to a friend of mine when we were in high school, and as I began to talk to him about the Holy Ghost, I told him the, about the rewards. I told him how I felt when I received the Holy Ghost, of the powerful lifting of the burdens off of my heart and my soul. I, you feel free when you receive the Holy Ghost. I told him about the happiness that I had in my heart. I, I told him about uh, just feeling uh, the blessings of the Lord and total victory. I felt joy. I just started telling him, and then, of course, you know, I talked to him about salvation and the blessings and the rewards of when you have God in your life that you have an inheritance of heaven beyond this life. It's not all about this life. And uh, I thank the Lord that he received that. It was when I talked about the rewards and the benefits of the power of the Holy Ghost, he said, I want this. I want it. And he received it. He received the Holy Ghost. But I like the rewards. You know, when I go to a job and I'm trying to get a job, it's not all about me just walking up and, then, and, and, and begging from them for a job. No, I want to know what the benefits are. I want to know what the pay is. I, know, I want to know what the vacation pay is. I want to know what the insurance is. I want to know all of these lists of things, the retirement and all of these things. I want to know the benefits because, hey, you owning the business or you being the boss of this business doesn't mean I'm going to say yes to taking the job that you give me. If you don't give me enough benefits, I'm not coming. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into all of those things. I want to know what kind of job it is. I want to know what happens here. I want to know if they're unified together. I, I want to know all of these different things. But I want to know how much pay I'm going to get. I want to know the benefits. So when we look at the benefits and the rewards of the Lord, what comes through faith 
is, is powerful experiences in God. I thank the Lord every day that I, that, that I gave my life to the Lord because what I have found in the rewards of the Lord, they are real and they are true, and I thank the Lord for that. And he does order the steps of a righteous man, a righteous woman. He leads us, he guides us in, in, in ways that we never dreamed that, he can, that we could be led. But guess what? The retirement plan is really good talking about mansions and talking about the streets of gold and talking about crystal sea and I don't know what kind of food we're going to eat if we're going to eat food at all I don't even know if we need food I, I tell you one thing that once you have been in the presence and power of God and the glory of God I tell you the greatest benefit of going to heaven brother Will is to be able to walk up to that throne of the Lord and say, hey, I've made it, and my friends and my loved ones are there, and we rejoice together. And I, I, I've told Landmark before, you know, I just want to remind you again that our rendezvous point when we get to heaven is the throne. We're going to meet there. We're going to rejoice together. Amen. We're going to rejoice. We have overcome. We've been victorious. So, hey, that's our rendezvous point. It's at the throne. Just keep that in mind when you get there. Amen. So what a reward that we have. But it looks like in this scripture, uh, looks like faith is all about God. This scripture is all about God. Uh, the, it's because the source of miracles comes from God. When we have faith, it comes from the Lord. Now I do know that, that uh, we have a part in this, that we must focus on Him and simply believe, because it says, For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There are two requirements in this scripture of faith, and that is to believe that he is. You've got to believe that he is. And then the second thing is you've got to believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, it's not hard for us to believe that he is real as a child of God. We've experienced God. We've been in the presence of the Lord. We have been healed. We've been delivered. We felt the power, supernatural power of salvation. We've experienced a lot of things. We believe that there is a God. And we believe that he is... He came to this earth as God in flesh. His name is Jesus. We believe that He loves us. And we believe that He wants to save people through the power of salvation. Amen. Of repentance and, and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. The infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We believe those things. We've experienced it. We've got a, 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 an experience in God. And thank the Lord for that. We we don't have a hard time believing that. We believe the blood that he spilled on the cross will cleanse us of our sins. We still believe that it has a powerful effect upon our lives. It's not hard to believe those things once you have experienced that. But before I experienced salvation and received the Holy Ghost and repent, I had to believe. I prayed, and the reason why I prayed, just like we always pray, is because we simply believe. Otherwise, would we pray if we didn't believe that God could take care of these things? 
So we believe in the power for his healing. We believe in the power for his deliverance. We believe that he will perform miracles. We believe that he created the heavens and the earth with his word. Amen. It's not hard to realize that in the amazing uh, 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 study of, of the universe and the planets and the stars and, and also the, the powerful uh, uh, creation of the human body, it cannot just have happened by a but by, by an explosion, it was a created divine uh, uh, being that created that, and that is God. We believe it. And the level of our faith that must be experienced is that he will do it. I know he can do it, but the powerful thing about the level of our faith is that we've got to believe that he will do it for me. And I've got to believe that he'll do it for my family. And I've got to believe that he'll do it for my church. And that he'll do it for my city. And for my state. And for my country. And for my world. And for my friends. And my loved ones. I've got to believe. I know he can do anything. But I've got to believe. My level of faith has got to get to the point where I believe that he'll do it for me. So what about God answering my prayers? Hearing my voice, my cry to him. I, I, I know it says here in that verse, uh, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That's the one requirement of faith. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That diligently seek him. Not passively seek him. Oh, you know, hey. If I get to it, if I remember it, no. When you're desperate, Brother Ron, you pray and you seek God diligently. You seek God diligently. So our, our level of faith and growing of faith needs to continue to increase. We have seen enough miracles in this church to never, ever doubt God. We've got testimonies here of powerful things that God has done. And he wants to continue to do those things. But we need to grow in faith. We believe that he can, but do we really believe that he will for us? You see, it's time for God's people to rise in faith to the point of no matter how it looks, cancer is still there after I prayed. The doctor still says it doesn't look good, but I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep trusting the Lord that he's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We've got to get to the point in our faith that no matter what it feels like, the pain could still be there after we prayed, and, and, and it could still be there. The hurt and grief of my heart hasn't left, but one thing is for sure I am still a believer in God that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. And circumstances ha hasn't changed. There's times that we pray prayers and the circumstance don't change. But my loved one is still living in sin, but I'm going to keep believing. It seems like the storm is getting worse, but I'm going to keep on believing. I'm a firm believer, and you're a firm believer in the power of God that we believe that He is, and we also believe He's going to reward those that diligently seek Him. That's where the miracles flow out of. Seek Him. You find everything you need. 
We need to let our faith grow. I'm going to continue to take steps of faith toward God. I'm going to let the words come out of my mouth with faith dripping from my lips of faith, uh, saturating them with faith. My mind is going to continue to go to bed at night and get up in the morning still believing that God is and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Faith. We want to please God. You know, there's a lot of things we want to, we want to please Him in. We, we want to please Him by reading the Word. We want to please Him by praying. We want to please Him. We know it's pleasing to Him when we come to the house of God. We know it's pleasing to the Lord when we love souls and we love people. But it's also pleasing to Him when we have faith and trust in Him. I want people to trust me. I want people to have faith in me. I want to stand firm on that, but it means so much to God that you believe that He will reward you in, as you walk in faith. Amen. And you know, sometimes we go through the storms. I've talked about this before, but, but not quitting in the midst of the storm. The storms come. They are a struggle. It's a very difficult time. But you know what? I've, I've come across some scriptures in the book of Nahum, and I'm going to read those to you. If you really understand, if you want to know what God is up to, that something great's going to come forth out of faith and trust in Him, you got to look to the book of Nahum. That some of the greatest experiences come when the storm is over. But some of the greatest experiences are lost when people don't continue to walk with God in faith when the storm comes. Because it's easy to lay our faith down and say, hey, I can't take it anymore. Trust me, that storm is there for a reason. That storm is there because it means that God is churning some things up and turning some things over. And when we get to, to the other side of the storm, we're going to see God's handiwork in everything that He does. The greatest victory you will see through the storm and at the end of the storm. You're going to see God's hand in ways you never thought you could see it. Amen. There's too many miracles that are forfeited by quitting in the heat of the storm. And if you see a sign that God is working, then look to the storm raging. You know, that don't seem right, does it? But it, it is right. Look at the storm. There's something that is changing in the environment when you believe and trust in God. It's God having His way in the midst of the struggle. And when you see the storm, don't think that it's all lost, everything is ended. It's God having his way in the midst of the storm against the enemies of our life. I'm going to read the book of Nahum, chapter 1, verse 3 through 7. You've got to, you got to listen close because I'm going, to, I'm going to proceed with this scripture and you've got to grasp what it says here. The Lord is slow to anger. Thank God. Thank God he's patient with us. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And great in power. And will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind. And in the storm. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. It goes on and says, He rebuketh the sea and maketh 
it dry and drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languisheth, and Carmel and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at him, and the hills melt, and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein, who can stand before his indignation, and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. This sounds like a storm. God's having his way in the midst of the storm, but that, those scriptures are not finished yet because I'm going to read verse 7, and you got to grasp a hold of what it says. After the storm, and God has his way, and he's attacking the enemy, and he's destroying things. He has all power to speak the word, and, and things begin to happen. But then comes along verse 7, and he begins to sum it all up, that the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Uh, he knoweth them that trust in him. The storms come, and we look at it like all is lost, but God is just having his way. He's stirring some things up. Sometimes things have to be stirred up before it can be fixed. I know there's times in your life that you have to, in our homes, we got to go around and we got to stir some things up before we get it to where it needs to be. In our lives, Storms come, but to those that trust in the Lord, the Lord is good and a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him, even though you're in a storm, even though you're in a struggle, he, he knows those that, that trust in him. Amen. We need miracles. We want miracles. We find it in him. And we can remember the past victories that we have fought and overcome, the prayers that have been answered. We remember those things, but we need to allow those past victories to take our faith to a higher level and help us to grow. My faith truly is stronger than it was when I first came to the Lord. Your faith, I'm sure that it's stronger than it was when you first came to the Lord and went to an altar it's got to be stronger, but if it's not, we've got to go back and we've got to find that place in God again because you're going to build upon that faith, another faith, another strength, another trust, another belief in God because God has never lost a battle as we've talked about today and sang today. But one victory builds faith. The next greater victory, it builds more faith. Let your faith grow. Let your faith grow. I preached about David and the giant, Goliath, him fighting, had faith when nobody else would fight. But at that point, he had great faith to go into the battlefield. But some things changed in David for whatever reason. Well, I know what the reason was. He allowed fear to grip him. And he was coming up against a struggle in his life. He had overcome so many things miraculously, supernaturally. God worked through him. When he came up before Goliath, he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. 
Goliath had a sword. He was a giant of a man. David was a little boy. He came before the Lord uh, with, with a sling and five stones and the power of a, of a God that was backing him up. Now, I know that God was not just backing him up. And I'm going to talk about a scripture here a little bit that says that the Lord goes before us. So the Lord went before David, but he also backed him up behind him. And we find that David was running from Saul for his life. He was afraid. And the thing that affected his faith was fear. He didn't have fear before when he went up before Goliath. But now all of a sudden he had fear. Saul was chasing him down. King Saul was chasing him down and wanting to kill his, his life, destroy him because he was full of jealousy. And David said unto Ahimelech as he was running from Saul, he said, is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me because the king's business required haste. Now I'm going to stop here for a moment. Fear also makes you begin to speak lies and deny things. Fear has an effect upon a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And here David was a man that was saying, hey, he was running, he was trying to make a, uh, a scenario with, with uh, uh, the priest there that, hey, this is, uh, I'm, I, I took off because I was taking care of a need for King Saul, and I didn't bring my, my, my weapons with me. I'm taking care of the king's business. So fear was gripping his heart. And then the Bible goes on, verse 9 says, And the priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod, if thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that here. And David said, listen to what he said about that, that sword that he used to cut Goliath's head off. There is none like that. Give it me. There is none like that. Give it me. I don't see anywhere in this event where he considered God. Because fear has a grip on people to the point where you tend to forget God and think about the instruments that you've used to try to defeat an enemy of the past. The Bible goes on, verse 10 says, And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Ashish, the king of Gath. His faith moved from God to an instrument he used that was just a tool in the midst of God's miracle. That is what fear will do to you. Fear will grip you to the point where you begin to forget about God and His power, and you will begin to lean upon your own understanding and you'll lean upon your own abilities and your own talents, and you'll begin to deny things that are really truthful. And fear begins to grip your heart and mind, 
and you begin to put more faith in the instruments that you used at the time to overcome the battles that you are facing and you put God out of the focus and you put him to the side. You know, the miracle was not in the sword. The miracle was in the power of the, of the glory and power of God. Amen. That, that is when fear sets in. That old thing called fear, oh, it comes again against us all the time. Amen. We could be in the midst of a, a sickness and we're praying, God, heal me. But you know what? Every one of us at some point or another have had that old thing called fear come up and try to grip us again and try to get us to doubt God. But I'm here to tell you today, God wants you to just simply have faith in Him and trust in Him no matter what you're going through right now and what you're faced with right now. My God just simply wants you to trust in Him. Hallelujah. And David's flashback of the great victory against Goliath when he held the sword in his hand. But what he forgot was it was all about God. I come to you in the name of the Lord. Amen. He trusted in the power of God at that point, but something changed. Fear gripped him, and it brought about a change. We've got to get a hold of grip and a grip on fear and throw it out. We've got to get to a point where it doesn't matter what the storm looks like, how bad it is, what the pain is, what the struggle is. God, I'm going to keep speaking faith in you I'm going to let the power of faith drip off of my lips I want to be saturated in my mind I want to speak faith I want to trust in you God the miracle of the victory was what was in the power of God's spirit his anointing his power oh he equated the battle won the final death of giant to a sword, an instrument, can do nothing without God. David said the sword was like no other. No? Yeah, it was, it was like no other sword. Yeah, there's a little truth to that. But what about God is like no other? What about God is like no other God? What about God is like no other idol? There is no God beside him. There is no God like him. Amen. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the healer of my body. He is the deliverer of my soul. He is the peace in my life. He is the joy in my heart today, God. You are everything. And we could not have handpicked a God like Him. I could not have went through the, the, the list and made out a list of what I want to see in a God. He is above and beyond anything I could have ever handpicked as a God. He's right there for us. He's there throughout the whole struggle and the storm. Amen. But don't let fear control you because it comes to every one of us when we're in a need. Oh, we had a testimony here today, or if we raised our hands and we were all uh, open about it, we would all say that there's been a point where we were sick or we were struggling and we need a financial need come through or we needed a job or we needed this and that, and it looked pretty bleak, but fear started creeping in. We've got to get a hold of that fear and trust in God because he's a God like no other God. <laughs> 
Amen. The only difference of David in the day that he killed Goliath and the day he picked up the sword again is he lacked the same faith in his God to defeat King Saul like he did the giant. Fear affected his trust in God. And it will affect our trust in God if we allow it to affect our trust in God. The sword had no great significance as far as winning the battle. Yeah, it was a symbol of like a trophy of a war, a battle that had been won. I, uh, I have in a box in my basement, and you know about that box. It's the box that my wife wrote on it, Mark's Old Junk. But what's junk to her is treasures to me. And in that box, and my sons have rummaged through that box. They know probably every, they probably more, know more what's in that box than I do. Because I know years ago they were rummaging through the boxes. And in that box are some treasures that I have collected through the years. And in that box are trophies. Are trophies of those little league teams that I played for that uh, memories come back to me and uh, the, the victories that we won that first year, I have one trophy. We were number one. We won the, the conference and were number one. I got that trophy. And I've got a trophy that I, I'm not as appreciative of the next trophy because I think that they cheated us out on the second trophy. Because on the next trophy, my friend played for another team, and on that, uh, on that trophy it says co-champs. What in the world? Co-champs? We're not co-champs. We were the champs, and I think we were cheated out of that. And I told my friend, uh, you know, I said, hey, we're cheated out of that. You, you guys didn't co-champ with us. We were the winners, so we won two years in a row. And, and in, in that box are other things, you know, but... The, the trophies in that box are not the ultimate part of that victory. What is not understood when you look at that trophy is the sweat and the tears and the hard work and the aching muscles that went into that and the times that I had to speak to my mom and dad, mom and dad, I've got to be on time for the baseball game. Don't get back here late. And one day I went ahead and fixed supper because they were late and I knew they were running late. And I fixed supper, and my mom said, oh, thank you so much. And I'm thinking, oh, I, it's because you're going to be late, and you're going to get me late to the baseball game. That's the only way and the only reason why I opened that can of corn and began to cook it. <laughs> Some of you know my parents. But those trophies are not the final sum of those great victories that we had, the home runs that were hit, the, the diving catches. The, the, uh, I had a home run one time. I hit it out in the outfield, and the grass was so tall they couldn't find it. And I was rounding the bases, coming in for a home run. And they claimed that they threw me out, but I think they cheated. Because I think I was safe. There was no replay videos at that time. But you see, those trophies 
they're not the sum of everything that happened there on the baseball field. It's just like the sword that David took from Goliath and cut the head off of the enemy of Goliath. That wasn't the whole sum of what went into that victory. It was the power of God. And it's the power of God that delivers your life from sickness. It's the power of God that heals your body. It's the power of God that delivers you from the depression and the, and the anxiety and the struggle and the financial burdens that you're faced with and the lack of a job. Amen. It's the power of God that leads us through. God doesn't want us to fear. He just simply wants us to trust in Him. And God's calling us today, let your faith grow. That was the difference in David between Goliath's event and the day he was up against King Saul. It was fear set in, and he didn't even acknowledge God that he was the one that took care of him that day. But he said, that, hey, that sword, that trophy, it's, it's like no other. No, God is like no other. Amen. It wasn't the sword that got you here. It's the power of God that has got you here. It was faith in God. It was trust in God. Amen. I, I thank the Lord for testimonies. I thank the Lord for the power of victories. We got testimonies in this house today that show forth what God has done and it shows forth what we can believe God to do in the future. Hmm. We can't go backward in our faith. It's time to take our faith to that point of growing, growing in God. The faith that killed a giant should increase our faith to kill greater giants from that point on. And in the book of Isaiah, listen to what it says, 52 and 12, For ye shall not go out with haste, nor go by flight, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel be, will be your rear reward. You know what that means? It means that God goes before us and he is also behind us, backing us up. We just, you know, the rear reward, actually, when you look up in the scripture of the Hebrew, the rear reward means gather. So the Lord is, when we're going out to battle He's, he's not only going before us and fighting the battle for us, but he's gathering behind the spoils. And it also means to put all together. He's putting all these things together that need to be put together. And it also means to recover. And it also means to bring up the rear. God is in front of us and he's behind us. And when I looked at that scripture, i tell you what I thought. We get, so, we, we get so uptight sometimes when we're going through a, vic, a battle and struggle. And when I looked at that, I felt like the Lord was telling me, since I'm ahead of you, fighting the battle for you, and I'm also behind you, picking up the spoils and got you covered from behind, all you have to do is just walk with me. Just walk with me. Don't complicate it with fear. All you have to do is just... Walk with the Lord. <laughs> he's got you covered in front, and he's got you covered behind, and he's got you covered all around the sides too. He's all around us. He's in us. He's through us. 
And when we walk in fear, we tend to simply stop believing and we get so rattled and we complicate it so much and we put our faith and trust in other things when our faith and trust just simply needs to be in God. Let our faith grow. The book of Leviticus, chapter 26, and I'm going to close on this. Musicians would come. Leviticus 26 and 7 through 13. And ye shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword, because of God's Spirit. And five of you shall chase an hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. And your enemies shall fall before you by the sword, for I, will, for, for I will have respect unto you and make you fruitful and multiply you and establish my covenant with you. And ye shall eat old store and bring forth the old because of the new. And I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall, uh, shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you and will be your God, and ye shall be my people. I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, that ye should not be their bondmen. And I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. I know he was talking to Israel, but he's also talking to the church today. He's talking to the church. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. As we stand here today, there's nothing to fear because God has got us covered. He goes before us. If we just simply have faith in Him and trust Him, He goes before us. He's behind us, and He picks up the things behind us. He is our rear reward. He is going before us, fighting the battles for us. And like I preached last Sunday, Joshua, it says in the book of Joshua, I believe it's chapter 10, that the Lord, because Joshua had faith and trust in the Lord, the Lord had defeated more of the enemy with hail that fell down from the sky than Israel did with fighting with a sword. There's some things that we can do, but there's some things that we can't do, and we need God to do the rest. <laughs> the rest. When God breaks through, comes miraculous provision, comes with it. What was dry and useless becomes well-watered and fruitful. I ask the question today, who is willing to grow your faith today in this house and to trust God by walking to this altar, carrying the problem that you got, carrying the pain that you feel, carrying the struggle that you have, carrying the, the, the situation that you don't know how it's going to work out, how many are ready to stretch and grow your faith today by walking to this altar and lifting your hands before God and saying, God, 
I want you to understand. I want to please you and I trust you. Are you hurting in body today? Lift your hands to the Lord. Don't fear what you're struggling with. Just lift your hands to God and thank Him for the battle that's already won. In the name of Jesus. In the name.